Yes, the glory days are back. The forecast has returned. It's been a long time, folks. I honestly can't even remember how long it's been. Five, six years since the last iteration of our league, Fort version two, three, folded. I want to say it all began back in 2004 when Rich Branch and Jamie Daggs introduced me to, I believe, Fort, and they said it was baseball on crack. And oh boy, was it. Was quickly hooked, brought some of my friends into it. We had a good run, 2004, and then I want to say we had a strong run with the first incarnation of the league. League file, I think, somehow got lost. Thank you, Randall. And then I know that Shanker Mizra took it over from Branch at some point about the league. We had a reboot, and then... You know, we really like 6.5. A lot of people didn't want to really want to move on to any of the newer versions. So we kind of just stuck it out. And then eventually, you know, life happens. You lose people. And because we were using an older version, we really couldn't get new people. So, I mean, we got down to the point where people had two teams. And it just got just got crazy and chaotic. And it just wasn't something that we could manage anymore. And just recently, Ricky, I believe, and I know Speaks had, had mentioned it and handful of other people had shown interest to where where a lot of people had decided that they wanted to revive the league and and here we are tons of work done by Mizra here over the last few weeks to kind of get the league file up and running and as of right now we're kind of ready to go so what we're going to do today is this podcast especially being the first one here the revival of the forecast we are going to have the man the myth the legend himself on here in a little bit to discuss how the league has been set up and what we're going to do is use this as basically an introduction, basics, orientation to just the, the game, just out of the park 20, uh, how Fort works. You know, there's a handful of new GMs currently right now, and maybe this can serve as a placeholder for anybody who wants to potentially join us in the future. You know, not that we don't have any plans of expanding, but, you know, it's possible that we could lose an owner from here, you know, here or there. So if we're bringing in people that have no idea or no experience with Fort, this will kind of help them with that. And plus... You know, all of this is new to us. It's really exciting that I think it, if it would be if there was twelve GMs and we're bringing in four people to a game we already know, yeah, that's tough. That's tough on those four people, and that's when you have bad trades, and you know, it could offset the balance of power within the league. But now you have sixteen people going in it blind, and obviously, anybody who's putting in the time right now is probably going to have a leg up because they're going to understand the game more. I can't believe how much I forgot just looking at the file. I'm not going to lie, I've probably spent all of 10 or 15 minutes since this has kind of been rebooted. I kind of just put my two cents in as far as what I felt, you know, we would probably want as far as some of the settings. But, you know, actually looking at this and looking at what some of this stuff means, it's bringing back a lot of, a lot of great memories. And honestly, this is just so exciting. Got the draft going on right now. And obviously we have a lot of new things to look at. So what we're going to do here momentarily is bring on the man to kind of give us a status update of what we could be looking at with what this game means and just go over kind of what the basics of, you know, how to, how's the league set up? You know, how do you set a roster? What does, what does some of this stuff mean? Because I can just tell some of the stuff's different already. So stick with us and we will have our first guest joining us shortly. Welcome back, people. All 15 of you. Hey, Shashan, can you hear me? I can. <laughs> That's fantastic. 
<laughs> this is incredible. This is technology at its finest. <laughs> I'm so glad that this has become easier. <laughs> this is this is so yes, it's so much better. And all credit uh, due to Andre, who's uh, one of the new members of the league, who does a podcast in our uh, our other basketball league. He uh, he found this. I had been doing some podcasts over the last couple of years. Stopped about a year ago, and he had just kind of started to redo some and. And uh, he found this method, and it's incredible. Now, I, I think it's already recording, so I don't know if I'll trim this out or whatnot, but ultimately I think what will end up happening is people hear me a little bit quieter than they're going to hear you, which will be kind of annoying for listeners, I think. But it won't matter too much because when we dive into some of the later stuff, I'm going to be more so asking you a lot of questions about what you've kind of found out with the league file, whereas the beginning is going to more so be an intro for what I think we're just basically looking at. Cause I can already see some differences from six, five to this. Yeah. 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 So I guess without further ado, I might as well introduce the man, the myth, the legend himself, Shawshank Mizra. Thank you for joining us. It's probably been 16 years since we first met. And now I finally have you on the phone. This is incredible. Thank you so much for joining us. And thank you for taking some time out of your busy life, curing COVID uh, looking for a cure and uh, dedicating some really quality time to 14 other people to uh, to revive this league, man. You put in so much work over the last couple of weeks. Thank you so much for bringing it back. Yeah, absolutely. And I wanted to thank I wanted to thank you for for doing the podcast, which is phenomenal. Um, as well, like look that the, the thing that's uh, the thing that's absolutely incredible is the the response from people, right? Like getting 16 people who really want to do this this badly together in this short amount of time that's fantastic yeah i couldn't i couldn't agree more i know that it and, it and it felt like i guess the right time you know we had the right version to do it you know we had a good small core group of people and then of course you know we were able to pull some other people in you know and then of course right now we got everything's ready to go we literally have the draft going on so with everything kind of happening i figured you know this is the best time to probably get you on and get us kind of kickstarted just because there's so many people that I'm sure are playing catch up right now, myself included. I just got the league file (laughs) downloaded now, like 10 minutes ago, I figured out how to finally get it in there. And then, uh, but of course, when it comes to the settings and whatnot, there's going to be so much. So I figured instead of having to sift through the chat, you know, at the back end again of this Mm -hmm. conversation, we can go over a lot of what you've probably seen throughout your examination of stuff, but then, you know, right off the bat, we could probably just go into what we're looking at. Yeah. Um, so just kind of let everybody know. So it looks like we have a 16 team league. We have two divisions of eight. And from what I can tell is you, we're going to roll with just four playoff teams, two from each conference. And it looks like we have full interleague. Um, so 154 game regular season, um, completely balanced. And I'm assuming – this is just to, you know, so we don't have any sort of discrepancies where, you know, one conference is loaded compared to the other, and then they have an offsetting amount of games. I feel like that's what we did for the last version. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so that's basically the basics. We decided to have the DH. Um, I know we can probably jump into that a little bit when you kind of talk into what the ramifications were of that. Um, the one thing I liked about the DH and where I kind of was banging the drum for it was I just felt like it, especially when we start getting into roster construction, I think it takes into play the fact that you have to have an extra roster spot dedicated to that, you know, 
I guess you could probably hide a bad fielder, technically speaking. But I just think when it'll it'll give people a little bit more flexibility, I think, with building their lineups where they can kind of move some stuff around. Whereas, you know, people would naturally put the pitcher either eighth or ninth um, historically. But I feel like with the DH, it'll give people a little bit more flexibility. But again, that's going to count against their cap. Yeah, I, the the I think the balance there the 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 good thing will be um, I think the good thing will be that it'll give you another roster spot to to have a bat in there, um, you know whether you're rebuilding and just need to give a guy some playing time or like you said if you have a terrible fielder or or a guy who becomes a terrible fielder when he gets older right um, that it's 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 a net positive. Agreed. The basic rating set, that's right off the bat. So when I know when people look at the HTML or they look at the league file, the main difference I see is I want to say back in the day, we went with the 1 to 10 rating scale. And for people that are new, obviously, if you were to go into a game and create it yourself and went through 1 to 100, you'd see that you know a guy who is 99 rated, for example, that would become a 10. Whereas a guy who's 89 rated, that would theoretically be a 9 in a certain category. And then I think we had the 5 the the five talent scale which were ranges of 20 i forget if we changed that to 10 when we moved on to the most newest version but the one thing i'm noticing right off the bat right now is that we can see current ratings but is am i right in saying is the talent now hidden the potential is now hidden so so uh there's an important way in which it's hidden okay so if 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 a guy's ratings are less than his potential um so right like a guy's developing he's new or whatever um it will show potentials that are different than the ratings okay but if something uh if something happens on the other side of that and a really uh a really common example of this i think is going to be injuries right so if um like if you have a pitcher who had some ratings and some potential um, and, you know, like they, they tear up their shoulder or something. Um, the game's actually not going to tell you that their talent has dropped. Okay. So, but when, so like if a rookie comes in and they have a max potential, are we going to still see the higher potential compared to their current ratings? Yes. Okay. So, so you will be able to look at a, a rookie and even if he's underdeveloped, you'll still be able to see that where he could be at. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so if you if you're looking at a rookie and it looks like you know they have a lot of, I don't know, maybe the guy needs to bulk up or whatever in order to get power, you'll see that. Okay. And then you're saying on the flip side, towards the end, you could you could see that the rating might stay high, whereas the talent has gone down, but you don't necessarily know that. That's right. Okay. And then obviously we're on a ten scale. I don't exactly know if the new file has players that are there yet, but I know we've had some freaks in the past that go above a 10 and they theoretically will just stay at a 10. So if a guy had like 120 contact, you wouldn't know. It'll just be a 10. So th- this will actually show you. Oh, oh, um, no, so okay. <laughs> t- yeah. So, so if, if a guy has 111 contact or whatever, it'll show up as a 12. Okay. So I, I, yeah, I did notice that on endurance was a little bit high in some guys. And I did see that someone did, I think had maybe had a high stuff. Or maybe it was uh, Rod Carew. Rod Carew has a high con. Oh, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, and we're not using coaches and scouts. So how will, I guess, uh, I know we talked about the base. Might as well just talk about basic rosters before we delve into some more of the ratings. But I, it's, so similar to what we had in the past, you know, everyone's going to have to set a lineup, a right, you know, versus a right-handed pitcher versus a left-handed pitcher. 
Uh, you'll have your nine roster spots. And are they st- are the backups still set to percents like they were before? Uh, so, so you can. Um, there's a lot more flexibility there. Um, so you can you can have it. You can have the uh, backup set to be whenever the starter is tired, um, or have the backup play every set number of games. Um, so you have a lot more flexibility there. Okay, that's great. And then I know that we're we're doing a five man rotation, and it looks like we're requiring three relievers. You know, which I'd assume that you can figure that out. How much did you? And then I know some people are asking, you know, about some different things. But do you know if there's any sort of optimal setup with that, as far as what pitching you would want a setup to be? Like, the major leagues obviously went to this, you know, method of the fifth starter ends up being a middle reliever. You know, I'm assuming the game probably doesn't take that into account. You know, you probably know, would know. Is that something that you don't want to do? Uh, so, so I've seen. Let's see. So I've, I've seen guys be able to start with a four endurance sometimes. Um, so, so I, I think there it actually probably depends if the endurance is actually, you know, whatever, 39 versus 31 or something like that on the 100 scale. Uh, so some guys with a four endurance will be able to give you five or six innings of start, and that's enough, um, right? And then they hand it over to the pen. Um, it can get pretty brutal, though, if you've got like a couple of guys like that. Like you don't have the pen to support that in general. So based upon your roster, if theoretically you were carrying more pitchers, you could have a bigger, a deeper bullpen. Yeah. 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 To to, to be honest with you, like the, the five starters and three guys in the pen, uh, the thing about that, that the thing about that, which is scary is that uh, right. Like if a starter gets injured um, and, and you waste your bullpen in one game or something like that, like you're going to be in a lot of trouble. So I'd honestly, I'd keep at least a ninth pitcher and I'd make sure that that ninth pitcher can start. Makes sense. Can we, do we have the option of like some sort of spot starter? Does the game do that? Like a, uh, that's a great question. Um, so if, if you ask the next question, I can take a quick look at that. I've got sure, it open. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess it was just, and then I'm assuming you can set, you know, your, your middle relievers, your closers to where, you know, certain guys are doing it. Um, yeah, it's just, the game also actually has a new position, uh, which is the bullpen stopper. Um, so the bullpen stopper is the guy who comes in if it's close and their guy's on and things are getting hairy. And then you'd also have a straight-up closer who would come in like in the ninth or yep. whatever. Oh, interesting. Okay, that's, that's a cool added feature. Um, let's see. And then now a new a new wrinkle that I know you'll probably get into later is we've discussed that we've now introduced personalities and morale, which which contributes to team, team chemistry. That's all shown. Um, you talked a little bit about aging speed. I'm just kind of going through a little bit of the rules if people end up. Yeah, so, so checking the checking the stuff about the the pitching staff. So you can uh, there there are a bunch of additional roles that you can put in. So there's the you know we already talked about uh, the the stopper. Um, you can also have a, a lefty specialist. Um, and you can also designate somebody for emergency starting pitcher. Okay, cool. So it's very customizable. I, that's that's going to be great. Everyone's going to have fun with that. Yeah, that's a relief. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. Right. right. Yeah. yeah, that's where we, we hung on uh, only 15 years too late for so long where you just kind right. of just trusted the game did its best. And I think that's also where I know Ricky had mentioned it, where I think I know you had said something about though, the DH, but I feel like that's what, a, a thing that we would hope would help is that if we can customize pitching and we're not taking into account, you know, weird pinch hitting situations for the pitcher, 
is that we could hopefully customize pitching as best as we want um, with, with, with the DH in effect. Um, I can't think of anything else as far as basic roster construction. That seems, seems pretty straightforward. I would assume, are there any batting wrinkles now? I know that obviously we we had talked about it is that, you know, if, if, if anyone's new to the out of the park game is you set two lineups, you know, one versus right-handed pitching and then one versus left-handed pitching. Are there, are there now advanced settings, like you said, about pitching with hitting, like a like a pinch hitter would come in versus a righty and a lefty, things like that? Uh, yeah, so, so you can set pinch hitters and pinch runners versus righty and lefty separately, um, which is both interesting and nice. The biggest change on the batting side, and I guess this also actually, um, it, it, it affects pitching as well, but you can actually set strategy to be different in a close game versus having a big lead, um, you know, late in a game versus early in a game. So like, if you don't want a guy to steal, unless it's, it's, you know, late and close, you can do that. I do remember that. I do remember that, that while we were doing um, for some people had moved on to a different league, it was still an old version, probably like 10 and they started putting in the sliders. I remember that. I do remember that about different game situations, which helps, but um, so that'll be new to anybody who hasn't played out of the park since our version is the, is those sliders are definitely going to be interesting. Um, yeah. So I, I know I'd miss, I'd asked you today about how, so the ratings output, I, I feel like in the past, unless I was wrong, some of it was based on ratings and some of it was based on stats. And I know you mentioned today that was basically the star rating. So for example, if we just look at an arbitrary player, um, and we're just thinking about, you know, obviously we can look at what their stats are on the HTML. Um, is there, is it, is this the, is the game like players should play to their ratings and their historical yeah. stats? Is there any sort of correlation? So, so the, the, the way to think about it is that if, if everything, if everything works correctly, um, that a player will play to their ratings. Okay, so there are a bunch of things that can make a player not play to their ratings. Um, an example would be if they're like an, an example from the olden days was if they were tired. Um, and I think now I'm seeing a lot more variation in that in general. Um, I'm wondering if there are right. I'm wondering if like per, player personality and their mood and their morale and all this stuff is playing into it as well. Is there is there a team chemistry like an overall team chemistry setting? Yeah, there is, um, and I think that's uh, dang it. I saw it the other day. It's it's somewhere, and I think it's somewhere in front office. Is that active? It is. So you in, should be able to see that. So in theory, if it's similar to like if people have played other games, you know, like a FIFA or something like that, that people might play above their ratings or at their ratings if your team chemistry is higher. Yeah, something like that. Okay, and then I guess if team chemistry is bad, your players might not play so well. Yeah, that's right. Theoretically. Okay. Um, and then just for anybody that's new, obviously we have on, on the batter, on the batter side, we have contact gap, power, I, and avoid case. I mean, it's pretty obvious. Um, contact is kind of just your overall, I would assume hitting as far as batting average um, gap goes to, I would plays a part in, I believe doubles and triples. I'm assuming power plays into that a little bit, but I know that that's mainly home runs. I, if I'm correct, is your ability to draw walks and then avoid K's is your availability to obviously potentially avoid strikeouts. Now, I mean, I know that you've been doing this for so long. Do you have any sort of added input as far as how those things affect each other? 
Um, so, so that'll, so I think an important thing to keep in mind there is that that depends on era a lot. So, um, for, for example, if you have a guy that has some catastrophic avoid Ks, you know, in, in like the twenties or something, it just doesn't matter because there isn't anybody who's going to strike him out anyways. Um, but if you have a guy who has a catastrophic avoid Ks in like, uh, in, in like modern baseball, like that guy's batting average is never going to play up to his contact. So, so a lot of it is kind of understanding the context of the ratings to, to, to the era that they were playing in. So obviously we're not in the necessarily dead ball era, but if people took the time to, I guess, look at what, you know, the overall batting average or power output is for the league or as, or as opposed to, you know, pitching and strikeouts, I guess they can get a grasp of how those would play a role. Yeah, I think a great example of this is is uh, and something that I think has come up a lot in the uh, the Slack channel is is speed and stealing bases. Um, so historically, in the fifties and sixties, um, basically like stolen base success ratios were like fifty five percent, like and just constantly like year over year. Um, so that's what you're seeing, right? Like so, even guys like Joe Morgan who are who are blinding fast, right? Um, like their success rates uh, in, in the five years that's uh, on the sim already, it, it's, it's awful. And I don't think that's going to change until the mid-60s. So you think, so even though we're inputting certain guys, regardless of their era, we are still going by era-specific standards? Yeah. So they're, they're, they're going to, um, they're going to, uh, right, so a different way of looking at it is, right, like the, to, to, like you read old magazines or whatever, there were uh, a lot of people would say, you know, like, you know, before he had problems with his knees, like Mickey Mantle was as fast as anybody, right? Like he could have easily stolen 30, 40 bases if he had tried or, uh, you know, for his knees, it held up through the sixties and stuff. Um, so this is the same thing. It's, it's just that, uh, uh, you know, there's some players whose talents are going to come out. Um, there's some who are not. And um, that's, that's an important part of the game. Do you know now, I'm assuming if we ran our own league, would we be able to see that? Is that something that is specifically noted in the game as far as certain era settings that we're aware of to be able to see? Yeah. That? Yeah. So, so I, uh, so this is, um, I, this is unfortunately, I think this is hidden in all the commissioner stuff. Um, but um, so, so if you start your own game, it's under league settings and then stats and AI. Um, and if you look down the right-hand column, um, base running um that there are like specific things that say you know what the success rate should be what the attempt rate should be and so on and that's something that's going to evolve year to year okay okay so obviously anybody listening would then specifically when we talk this and i guess you know nothing else i guess has been blatant to a lot of people but i think with this one in particular i guess people should take a grain of salt if they think someone's going to steal like 80 bases you know, like a Ricky Henderson, they probably want to watch out for that if it's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's I I haven't had enough time to actually like post all of the uh, like all of the adjustment crap. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, there's a lot. So, so there's a lot I'll, going on. I'll make here. sure that I'll I'll make sure that I do that before we actually start. Okay, okay, so that kind of covers the basics mm-hmm. of the hitting side. Um, I I, I kind of you know you touched on it there for a second, but do any of um. Do certain ratings affect other ratings? I know you talked about kind of the era, but you know, like, the, like you know, one rating more than the other. You know, are those are they pretty straightforward? Uh, so, so the I think the like the the 
the one that I've always paid attention to, well, the ones that I've always paid attention to are avoid Ks. Um, avoid Ks. So depending on the era that you're playing in, avoid Ks can help your batting average or it can hurt it. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> and we look, and it seems like we're in a pretty normal era for that, from what I can tell, just perusing the pages a bit. Yeah, yeah, and it's just I have a feeling. I have a feeling in this particular era, what you're going to see is that guys who strike out a lot, um, that they'll see more fluctuations in their batting average. Um, that guys who don't strike out a lot, they're more consistent, um, but that it won't actually change the batting average up or down all that much. Okay. Um, so the other effective void case can have, and I haven't. I don't think this is something that's going to affect us for for a while, um, but. Uh, guys who don't strike out a lot, can, it can actually suppress their power a little bit. Okay. So guys that don't strike out a lot, it could actually hurt their power. Yeah. Because they're potentially, I guess, maybe drawing more walks or just... Um, so I'm, I, <laughs> I don't ask questions like okay, that. Okay, okay. I guess we have. <laughs> One of the things we'll find out. Okay. So... Um, and let me just, I'll take a look at a player page real quick here. See if anything's new on that that I can tell, but I'm pretty sure that's straightforward for someone if they're looking at stuff. I know that you had talked about it in the rules, but um, we had talked about um, position ratings. So obviously when you set a depth chart or your lineup, I'm used to basketball, um, is you're, you're going to have to put a player in a position where he has an actual rating. And I know that you talked about how you could, potentially teach a player a position but they most likely will have bad ratings i guess it's unless it's in spring training but ultimately Uh, you can only sorry go ahead this this part's actually important um so so if you try to teach a player a position in spring training it never works um so like they'll they'll always end up with a rating of one um the the only place where it really works to teach a player a new position is is to do it in the minors Oh, okay. 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 So yeah, if you, so if, so if a player, so could you bring a veteran down or that's kind of a waste of time? <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, I, I don't think that, I don't think you do that in real baseball, but I did it in 6.5 all the time. <laughs> yeah, I think we did. Um, okay. So the idea is you bring in somebody up and they might be a middle infielder. Maybe they're a second baseman and you kind of just, you set them at shortstop in your minor league um, lineup and then over time hopefully they learn their position that's correct right yeah that's right and the thing to watch out for there is that if you're really asking somebody to move in the wrong way on the defensive spectrum like if you're trying to get a third baseman to learn shortstop it's going to take them a long time and during that time they will not develop as a hitter okay oh because so learning the position hurts their actual learning of other stuff exactly interesting okay um and so so obviously so people can try to teach people new positions in the minors and they have to set their guys at the certain spots um i know you talked about catcher you said not to abuse the catcher arm you said- yeah so, 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 so there, there there are a couple of um so there, there are a couple of places where this is a little bit terrible there are a couple of places where essentially the game lets you cheat okay so it, it turns out that um it turns out that it is infinitely easy to learn how to play catcher. I feel like we were teaching everyone catcher in the last version. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they, um, we didn't care if they didn't throw anybody out. We just wanted to stick someone really good at catcher. <laughs> well, so 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 right the 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 so I'm just straight up not going to allow that. Like that's <laughs> like you shouldn't just be able to teach like the old first baseman how to play catcher. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so I know that that's in the rules. Okay, so. Um, yeah, and the the other thing, um, I the so we've had in the first version of Fort, we had a lot of problems with this. Like, I'm I'm also not going to let you play a player out of position in the majors intentionally. Um, and the the reason why mm. is that like, so we've had a lot of unfortunate problems with tanking in the past, and and like one thing that really make the one thing that really accelerates it. Like you lose a whole lot of games real fast if you start playing first baseman everywhere. Bad fielding, yes, giving up a lot of runs. Yeah, yeah. So I'm. <laughs> That's just too far. Well, I know. In, in obviously getting back on the rules, that is something that we put in place as we went on. Is there are tanking rules? I think people can kind of basically take a look at that and get it for themselves. Yeah. But the idea is that you just have to get a minimum win. So you can't go out there and try to intentionally lose as many games as possible. And I mean, if you really want to flirt with trying to win 51, 55 games and try to hit it on the number. I mean, that's, it, it is what it is, but you know, I, I do remember we ended up getting to that where people were trying to hit the minimum, but the idea is you at least, <laughs> it at least forces teams to put out a semi-competent team and not completely unload, you know, everything that they yeah. have to where it completely offsets the balance of power. And then people are intentionally tanking because they know that the uh, upcoming draft class, because I assume that you will still, show us the upcoming draft class ahead of time or will this be completely blind since we're doing random it's it's blind okay so, so you won't yeah so so uh you won't know the draft class until the uh the season's over so that even helps it even more so you could have a, a i mean i guess the point is in this in this game everyone there's probably going to be players in every class that people are going to want since it's a random mix but you're not going to know that i remember in the last version we knew exactly when like ted williams was coming <laughs> You know, like, so that was a big one. Or like, you hear you that know, sound? Like, you know, like if obviously, you know, like Dizzy Dean just got drafted. If Dizzy Dean was in a draft, you would just know that like, okay, we're going to wait till the Dizzy Dean comes out. It's going to be the race for Dizzy. So, yeah, that's that. I guess that's a nice new wrinkle as well. Um, and then, okay, so we talked about, uh, I know you did the schedule. Actually, one other and so we we haven't talked about player resigning so far, but in in terms of timing, one thing that's really different, one thing that is really very different, is that um, a lot of players will not talk about a contract renegotiation during the year. Right. So, so so. Um, oh wait, here. So real real quick, real quick. Let me let's do let's talk about just pitcher settings real quick, pitcher ratings. Yeah, and then we can jump into. Um, a lot of that because i think that's mainly i think what a lot of people want to know about so just if people <laughs> yeah. are looking at pitchers real quick pitchers have stuff movement and control um i want to say stuff is their basically ability to strike people out like with high speed and is that and then movement i think would be obviously your curve and then control is the ability to basically not have walks is yeah that's right and, and the the uh so, so the the way to think about it i guess is that movement most closely controls how many home runs you allow okay um, and then the control and and stuff like you said okay because i know that at times during different eras 
we ended up getting people with like really low stuff ended up being completely nasty because their movement and control was so high. So like they obviously weren't walking people and they weren't giving up home runs. So they guess they weren't really getting strikeouts, but they were like some of the best pitchers in the game were like that. So, so right in, in, in the last iteration, that was absolutely critical. Um, Like every good pitcher had, had phenomenal movement in 6.5. The other thing that movement did was it also weakly correlated with, um, uh, with strikeouts. Um, so you could have guys that had like two stuff and like 10 movement and, and it's not like a one-to-one, you know, strikeout to walk ratios is great or anything. Right. But it was good enough to not be like, it was good enough. Sure. Right. Sure. And one thing to watch out for is, is in this iteration of the game, um, it's pretty clear that, that having guys that have really, really abysmal stuff and, and good control and movement that, that, that bad stuff, it can be a killer. Right, because I know that it looks like home runs aren't out of control clearly at this point, but um, but it does look like strikeouts do matter, of course. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Okay. It's so, it's it's way more balanced in the sense of good. like of, of what actually matters. Good. 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 Um, okay, so that kind of, I think that's enough for like probably the player settings. Um, how are do you have how are people um, aging and talent changes? That was I know that came up. Yeah, so so that that's uh, there. So there there are a couple of things about that. Like the um, uh, so I've set aging to be relatively slow. Um, so like if, and I think this is particularly true of guys don't get hurt um, that they'll play well into their late thirties. Um, obviously, their talent's going to go start going down and stuff, but um, that the the rate at which that happens is relatively slow. Um, the um, the like the 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 rate at which talent changes or like the how much talent fluctuation you have i've set that to be um pretty high so it's not 100 being average it's 145 being whatever 45 percent more than average um so there were two motivations for that one was um uh, like right so in the last version of the game basically if a guy was going to be a stud you drafted him as a stud right like there was nobody there were very few players who actually like developed into being good over the course of time. Um, so, so this is, that's actually going to be different. This in this version, like there, you should have guys like Ben Chapman. Um, so guys who weren't drafted as being, you know, the end all be all who actually develop into being awesome players. And they just get random boosts. Yeah. Um, right. So, so the random boosts, well, and it's going to go in both directions, right? So there are also going to be more players who get, randomly screwed <laughs> gotcha yeah it makes sense um in looking at some of the players as far as i know that in the, talking about that so um so a player like in our current draft we have a guy like randy johnson who's 38 years old so do, would the i mean do you have any idea where these will these guys see a dramatic fall off or is it just going to be kind of slow and steady and then also do guys um, it's kind of involved in the same question. If you look at some of these guys' player pages, are they actually changing multiple times during the season? Whereas I think before it was literally on the flip of the season. So, so before the flip of the season was, was where a lot of traumatic things happened. Um, now, <laughs> now that tends to be more spread out over the year. Um, so um, the other thing that I think is, is similar to before, but it's, it's, um, it, uh, so, so before, if you got a guy who 
who really had a major injury, there was a chance that he would, you know, lose talent in three categories and that would be the end of things. Um, so the, the thing that's a little bit different now is that, um, is that even as guys don't have catastrophic injuries, that having a lot of injuries can lead to, to, to talent loss. Okay. So like if a guy's out for a couple of weeks and then a couple of weeks again and a couple of weeks again and a couple of weeks again, that, that, that adds up. So could that theoretically go down in season? Yeah. 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 Okay. And that, so, so guys won't, cause I, I'm looking just at an arbitrary player page now and it looks like on January 1st, every year, a guy will flip over and potentially change, but you're also saying that guys will change during the season as well. Yeah, so so the um, the so this is one thing that I don't like about the new game is is exactly how it, it ends up recording uh, ratings changes and talent changes and stuff, um, and I know this has come up a couple of times. Um, the uh, so so guys' ratings are changing constantly, right? It's just that they're being reported. They're like if you look at the player pages and stuff, or if you look at the player development page for a team, it'll tell you the date something that happened, right? Um, but if you look for uh, talent changes in like the top prospect list, or if you look for talent changes um, like in the HTML, that only gets reported periodically. Ah, uh, okay. So in game, you're saying is there is there a player development page on a team? I know that someone was asking about that today, and I can't seem to find that under a team pages on HTML. Or is yeah, so it's it. Well, so I don't know about the HTML. Um, so in game, it's front office and then player development. Okay, so if and then that would just show you all of the changes to your players. Yeah. Okay, so the HTML is mainly going to be almost like a snapshot. Whereas if you were if people are going in game when they're trying to evaluate, they're going to see stuff that's more specific. Yeah, and I I I monkeyed around with this a lot, but I never really found a solution. So um, the stuff like the top prospects, um, that's going to be instantaneous. That's going to tell you all the time what what it's at, but. Uh, I, I haven't, I don't know what the player development page solution is for the HTML. I haven't seen anything. So just in, I know a lot of times, a lot of people love to go off of the HTML. And I guess that's unfortunate for some folks who can't always look at the game, but I guess that's when people are making trades, they probably need to consult that page every once in a while. Rather, I would agree. <laughs> yeah. going off these, some guy suddenly blows up in season and they're not paying attention. <laughs> well, so, so, so look with trades, it matters a lot, right? Because I don't know. Uh, I, let me try to do this. Let me try to look at some team's front office page. It's not me. Okay, so so you can actually look at other teams' player development in-game. Okay, I, I meant more so that if people are just going off the HTML, they're not yeah, going to see yeah, some yeah. stuff that they might see more so in-game. So they really want to start looking at some of the stuff in-game too if they can. Yeah, I would definitely recommend before before accepting a trade, certainly, that, that you should look at it in-game. Okay. Um, and I guess, so even moving on to, so we talked about player development, um, even talking about, so just trade, I'm trying to think if we have anything, yeah, I don't think anything more as far as the actual player stuff. So even, so trades, how are we, um, confirming trades for you? How would you like us to do that? Uh, so the same thing as before, uh, trades posted and confirmed in the forums itself. So, so one party will post the actual completed trade in the forum. And then I guess the other person post below it and says accepted right yep so they have to just post below it so someone creates the thread with the trade and then the and then the actual other person confirms it yeah that's right and it should um so it should also include uh lineup changes from the trade okay so um 
these technically don't have to go through you. You don't, we can just straight up do our trades and then we just post them. And then eventually you'll process them using the instructions that we provide. That's right. Okay. And then um, how um, we didn't actually get into finances. So talk about finances real quick is our cap is we have a max cap of 150. That's right. And it looks like we have a cash maximum of 40. And for folks that are new is that your team will generate a certain amount of money based upon your attendance. It looks like ticket sales. There's TV money that's static, I believe. Yep. And then, um, and then obviously teams will need to tweak, I guess their ticket amounts to get certain attendance. So for example, I believe if you jack your tickets up, less people are going to go to the games. If you put the tickets too low, you're just not going to get the right revenue. So I know people can fritz with that. And I am assuming it, it also is, is, teams how well they're doing matter or is there some sort of market playing into it as far as teams are always getting attendance because they're just well known if that makes sense uh, that makes sense so so um so we're going to just do the same thing that we did in in uh in the last version which is um i'm going to set every team and every market to be average at the end of every year um okay so so the I mean, so so it turns out that like stuff like market size, it just ends up creating an advantage that that you you can't overcome after a while, right? Um, okay. So that's all going to be normalized all the time, right? Like your um, so your market size is always going to be average. Your fan loyalty is always going to be average. Um, one detail, the I think this was asked somewhere in in one of the Slack threads. Um, the average ticket price is going to be thirty bucks. Um, so whatever, if you have an average fan interest and, uh, and, uh, and you're roughly a 500 team, you're going to want to set the, the ticket cost to be 30, to be yeah, I see that That's actually in the rules. You did put that in the rules. Okay. And good. You have, <laughs> and you have the average income is 120 million. And it's extremely important for everyone to remember that the cap is 150, but it doesn't mean you have 150 million. So what's going right. to happen is. You're going, your team is going to generate revenue up to a certain amount. And then the idea is, you know, everyone drafting now might be thinking, oh, I'm going to have 150 million. Um, how, are, how are you handling that initial, by the way, as far as initial salaries? Do they have to fit underneath the 150 and then they can yeah. still go bankrupt or? Yep. Okay. Um, and That's then- so, so look, like if, if somebody really wants to come, if somebody's like, I'm going to win a title coming out of the gate, I'm going to be at 150 and I know I'm going to go back bankrupt. You can do that. And then, and then your negative money carries over to the next season. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. And then I know that this, this will probably be something that we'll have to probably touch on later. Cause I know that this is, it's been so long that we've, we've, we've done this as far as the finances, <laughs> but I know that like, obviously if you make money, you can carry your cash over, but there's a cash max. And then the idea is that people start trying to buy cash to basically cover their expenses. So the idea is you just basically want to generate the amount of payroll that you're, or generate the amount of income that your team's going to be. And then if you go bankrupt, the idea is you just have to make sure you can get back to zero or else Shank gets mad and starts doing stuff to your roster. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, so, uh, so, but that's, I think the most, the, the most important thing right there is that everyone knows not to draft based on 150. Is yeah. that you can, you can go bankrupt, but to still at least try to, you know, because again, I guess it, as things carry over to the next season, I guess some guys could potentially be free agents where your your payroll would lower, but you know, you don't want to set yourself up for it to be screwed in season two. Um, I know there's ballpark factors. Um, any 
are all the stadiums actually technically default or are they using their normal stadiums right now? So right now, uh, so um, the uh, the stadiums that are assigned, they're all, uh, all the ballpark factors are straight up 100. Um, so there's, I, I don't know exactly how Fenway would play, for example, but I'm guessing it would enhance doubles and like suppress home runs or something. So it's nothing like that. Um, okay. Everything's straight 100s. Now, do you remember, I know the, do you remember how, how do certain things basically address ballpark factors? So before people start going crazy, if anyone wants to do any sort of mods to their ballpark, to the ballparks, what kind of does what? Um, so the, the, like the, the, the details about the ballparks themselves are totally cosmetic. Okay. So like, um, so we don't play with uh, distance to, to the wall or the wall height or anything like that. Um, that doesn't actually do anything in game. Um, the, the way it handles it is that you adjust uh, average uh, for lefty and righty, uh, doubles and triples, and then home runs for lefty and righty. Um, so there, there are a couple things that I have not confirmed. Um, like the, uh, in, in the old version of the game, if you adjusted home run right-handed batter, what that actually changed was how many home runs your right-handed pitchers gave up. Because that's how the game worked. I don't know if they fixed that or not. Is that your, is that yours or just right-handed pitchers in your ballpark? Right-handed pitchers in your ballpark. Gotcha. So basically it, it, you could theoretically create some, well, I guess it's right-handed pitchers. So it's not even a certain wall height. Right. It's a... Yeah. It, 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 <laughs> it's a video game that sometimes makes sense and sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> so if I remember correctly, there was a certain GM of the Expos who created a ballpark that was friendly to a certain type of pitcher and then had all of his pitchers be one way or the other. Yeah, that's right. So, so that, so Mike had done that. And I think he had all lefty pitchers, like he had all lefty strikeout pitchers and you could not hit home runs against them because he made the lefty lower. Yeah. Okay. Now not to get into advanced strategy, but we're saying that, you're, that has not been tested, but it's possible that that could happen again in theory. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm, this is on my list of things yeah. to check. Okay. And then um, you said average. I noticed in the rules here you have that average could have a factor. Do you know what that means? Uh, so I don't. So uh, it used to be that that actually did not do anything at all in 6.5. Um, so you could change average LHB to be 20 or 200 and it wouldn't change anything at all. Um, okay. So I think, uh, I think Mike Rolkin, uh, I think he said that they fixed that, that it actually does something now, but I haven't actually checked that. Okay. So just to kind of recap that, I know we talked about the, the left-handed thing might've been a little bit of advance, but in theory, if someone was to push back their home runs to 120, that's theoretically pushing the wall. If you did it for both sides, so if you did it for your right hand and left hand, that would make your ballpark bigger, correct? Uh, smaller. A smaller. So, so, if, 80, yeah. eight, so 80 pushes, 80 makes it bigger, and 120 is smaller? Yeah, that's right. So, so 80 means that you hit 80% of the home runs that you normally would hit. Oh, no. 120. But that's what I meant. So if, if oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. So 80, oh, okay, that makes sense. It's a percent. Okay. That's okay. So the idea is if you set your, if you set all of your both home run settings to 80, everyone in your ballpark is going to hit less home runs. But if you set it yeah. to 120, 
So you're saying if it's a, if that's a mod factor, that's 20% more. So 20% more, 20% less. That's kind of, that's right. That makes a lot of sense. I never knew that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so that, I mean, I feel like that's kind of, it's, it's a neat little feature, but I think that's pretty cool if someone wants to play with it the right way, you know, obviously right off the bat, people don't even know what their teams are, who's going to all hit home runs. You know, it's, there's no point messing with home runs if a lot of people aren't hitting home runs, you know, but that's kind of neat to think about. I guess that was when we were in the era of, of tons of home runs, obviously this would make sense. Yeah. And look, I, I, as always, right. Like there's, I think there's always an opportunity to, to not just be a vanilla team. You know what I mean? Like, um, like I think there is an opportunity to be like, I'm going to have a ballpark that really boosts doubles. I'm going to have a bunch of doubles hitters. And I'm going to have really rangy outfielders, right? Like that, that's instantaneously an advantage. Correct. Right. right. Like I, I think people can hatch a lot of schemes and I think it's worth, look, it's worth being creative. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, we talked about the rosters, but we forgot to mention that, you know, you have triple A and double A. Um, I think one of the things that we had talked about, um, so you obviously you draft guys and you stick them in the minors um, just as a basic idea. Um, do you remember kind of what we did as far as um, did, did the game tell you where a player, I feel like the game told you where they should be. And then it gives you, and I think it gave you a little bit of a hint. Like you get a message from, I think your coach or something that says this player's ready to move up. Yeah. And I, I think that still happens. So, so you, um, a, I think, a lot of I would advise a lot of people to play with the the miners actually being managed by the AI, um, and it will literally make sure that you don't forget a thing. Okay. Um, like, so I, I think the only reason to really have human controlled uh, minor leagues is if you're trying to do something um, creative. <laughs> okay. Like if so you're trying to do something crazy, then then you can't have the AI figure it out for okay. you. Okay. And then when someone's technically ready to come up, it, it should tell you, right? Or uh, or you just have to go sure. off of maybe their stats and you say, yeah, okay, this guy's that. crushing, he's ready to go. Yeah, and there I think the uh, the um, like the rule of thumb for 6.5 has done me okay in, in this version too, which is that if if a guy has if a guy has a five contact or lower. Um, and could get better in contact, you should probably leave him in the minors. Um, if a guy has a five contact, that's kind of the borderline. Um, same thing for control and um, on the pitching side. Like if a guy has a control that's worth than about a five, um, you might have to think about whether you want to bring him up. Okay, I do remember that. So some of the stuff's coming back. <laughs> it's been a while. It's been right. A while. Um, Okay, I think that covers a lot of the basics. Now, the fun part ends up being a little bit of a lot of the questions we have are people asking about extensions for agency, you know, current contracts. Now, the first thing I, I'll just touch on is I know that free agency, free agency is pretty much handled in-game, where I believe on the flip of the next season, certain players will be free agents, and then you just submit your offers, and then you run a certain day of amount of sims, and then I guess players will just tell you whether or not they're thinking about it, and eventually they'll just sign. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. So, so that that whole system's actually really very, very different in in, in twenty versus six and a half. Okay, um, maybe we go into that when the season flips. <laughs> yeah, maybe we well, talk about that one later. <laughs> so, 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 look, there, there, there are really two big changes there. One, 
is that a lot of players will only really talk to you in the off season. Um, so a lot of players will only really talk about a contract negotiation um, after the World Series is over, um, right? So there are 30 days between the World Series being over and uh, and uh, and free agency starting. Um, so a lot of players will sign in that period. Um, the other thing that's different is that in general, it used to be that you had to kind of guess from scratch for most players what to offer them. Um, and in this game, most players will tell you what, what they would like. Okay. So two, uh, so this, this is, I know probably one of the more important things people want to know. So the current database that we're rolling out, especially, I mean, obviously if anyone listens to this a few seasons from now, that's going to change. But with the first incarnation right now, we have a certain list of players. We see what they're making in a certain year. And you're saying arbitrarily, they're not just one year contracts. Are you, and how did you say this was going to be handled? Like after the draft is done, the game just assigns years. Yeah. And, and I don't see any pattern to it. Like it just looks totally random to me. Okay. So, um, so once we're completely done with the initial draft is that our teams will just get put into the game and then the game will just flip and then just give certain guys contract links. Yep. Is there any sort of bailout for guys that are making a ton of money that you wouldn't want to pay for so many years? So, um, so Pete had a great idea here, uh, which is that we should be, we should allow teams to, to make, uh, to basically cut players for free if they'd like after the draft. The idea there is that you don't want to be in a situation where you handle things pretty appropriately for the human part of it. But when we did the auto draft, you know, the, the computer went crazy on, on guys that aren't worth it. And are we going to do this right after the draft or would this be like a, you can just have a one-year contract on said player, almost like an amnesty. Uh, I was, uh, I was going to handle it just after the draft. So if you draft, Oh, okay. Gotcha. So people just need to, I guess, then pay attention to how much an older guy might be making if they don't want to eat that money for more than one year. And then, so then they, they would theoretically get cut right away after the draft. And then they would go into just some arbitrary free agent pool. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. So just with, I guess with certain players, if people don't want to potentially eat the contract, they need to just be cautious. Yeah. I think in general, most of the contracts are actually not bad. Um, like the, um, the, most of the situations most of the situations I'm guessing that people are going to want to cut guys is it's, it's, it's less going to be uh, it's going to be less that there's a guy who's really good, who's old and making a lot of money. It's going to be more kind of guys at the margin. Like okay. you got four relievers that are actually pretty good and they all make $7 million. Well, you don't want to spend $28 million on, on middle relief. Okay. Oh, I also forgot to ask real quick um, how um I feel like star rating is pretty important in this version. I could be wrong. And then also I'm noticing yeah. the injury setting. And then I was asking someone today is you set the injury setting, setting settings to high. So I know that those are two things. So how does the star factor um, factor into the game? And then uh, the injury setting, I know, uh, how does that affect it? Uh, so uh, the important thing to remember about the star rating is that it's, it's relative. So if, if a guy shows up as being a five-star starting pitcher, what that means is that, you know, he's really like in the top 5% of all starting pitchers. Um, so, right, they're going to be um, – we could be in a situation sometime where, like, there are no good starting second basemen. 
but there is still going to be some second baseman that shows up as being five stars because he's just better than everybody else. Okay, so it's okay. relative; it's not absolute. Um, the uh, um, what was the other question you asked? Oh, uh, injuries. Because I know this. Oh, I know this yeah, year, yeah. The injury sets a high, but then I'm also noticing when you go through the actual just the basic screenshot here where it shows salaries. Um, I know that some people counted. Look at some funny ones where it says fragile and then iron man yeah 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 so 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 it's like it's the, <laughs> some uh... people say wrecked <laughs> so you don't want the guy who's wrecked <laughs> <laughs> um kenny lofton man oh kenny lofton bad era and he's wrecked oh man <laughs> so yeah so so the um the so there was a lot that was had been written about this a long time ago, I guess. But the uh, the injury rates um, in OOTP aren't like um, the actual injury rates that like players get injured in at in modern baseball. Um, so I picked the setting that is most like real life, and I think the place where this is going to, I think the place where this is going to strike people as being annoying is that particularly for guys that have a bad injury setting like that that so they're going to be guys that are going to miss like four weeks every year um and there are also going to be guys that um that you know by virtue of the fact that they're getting hurt all the time um you know it's it's just once or twice a year right but the thing is that those injuries actually add up um so so guys who are fragile they're also likely to uh, lose talent at a younger age Okay, so and then obviously to help us because I know that I'm a I'm not a huge fan of injuries and randomness, but if is the rating pretty? Does it rate the does the rating correlate yeah. pretty well? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so um, like so if, if I'm someone who's just I I just don't even want to deal with it, so I would probably steer clear of fragile and wrecked. <laughs> it's it's a pretty good plan. <laughs> okay, and then um and then I I mean, it looks like normal and durable seem like pretty pretty common and then i guess you have iron man which is probably yeah. the hardest one yeah and actually i think this is also going to feel like a pretty big change um like if if you if you look at a if you look at the normal trajectory of of like a regular player in the majors it is pretty common for for a guy to miss a year or to, to miss a substantial part of a year at some point during their career so that's something that almost never happened in 6.5. Like in, in, in 6.5, like the huge majority of players would, um, like if a guy was any good, all those players would end up playing for, you know, 10, 15 years without a problem. Yeah, I feel um, like we I feel like we nerfed that a bit. And I know that we eventually, I think, nerfed the career under ones. Those were the worst. Now, are these still, do, do you have any idea how prevalent things like that are? Like are, are full year enders commonplace? Uh, so, so they're not commonplace, right? But the, the, I think the way to think about it is like, right. Like you basically have nine position players that you rely on. Right. And, um, and, you know, an average career is going to be like 10 to 20 years and an average player is going to, to, to miss one of those at some point. Right. So on average per year, you can expect to have a pretty serious injury to one position player. Okay. 
Um, and, and look, it, like, right, health actually matters quite a lot, right? Like if um, uh, good teams missing major players for a year, it's, it's a sad thing, but right, like that, that, that is part of the game. So just we just all need to plan for it. <laughs> to, to, well, you can't plan for injuries, but the idea is just be prepared in a in a I, sense. You know, look, and I think this matters a lot on the pitching side. Like, look, you should actually take the time to figure out who your emergency starter is. You should actually take the time to have a depth chart that isn't like your catcher playing second base. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> okay, like that's going to screw you badly. <laughs> Okay. Okay, good. And then um, the with so going so flipping back to finances, I you mentioned it earlier. So you said extensions because of course people are worried about you know after this current draft. Let's say you have like you know these guys have the top picks here and they on the end up wanting to just be a free. Do you, how many of these guys do you know? I just when you just did the uh, the actual um, test things, how many guys actually were just straight up free agents, or did most of them have longer deals, even if it was a couple years? Well, so, so, um, so a lot of guys end up coming in at one year. Okay. So, um, I, I, the, uh, like in a statistical way, like maybe about half of players are, um, are auto renew or in arbitration. Um, so we're only really talking about half of the roster that's, uh, in a situation where they even have a contract. A um, contract. Yeah, going actually back to that, let me scroll down to the bottom here. We look at that because that's something that I honestly completely forget about. How does um how do just the basic salaries work for a rookie? Was it five years, six years? How was service time? I forget. Uh, that's a great question. So um, so the way this used to work, I'll discuss the corner cases at the end. Uh, so six years, you control player. Okay, so what that means is um, there are a certain number of uh, days to get uh, to that that count that add up to a year, and I think it's um, I think it's 162. I'm not totally sure. I'd have to check. And this is major um, league service time, correct? Yeah, that's right. So, so that's the number of days that you're on a major league roster. So the guy could theoretically be in the minors for four or five years, and that doesn't count. That is correct. So the second you bring them up, that's when their clock starts to tick. Yeah. So so let's say you bring a guy up. I'm making all this up, obviously. Let's say you bring a guy up in, in September. Um, so the guy ends up playing for a month. Um, so that, because that guy spent part of the year in the minors and part of the year in the majors, that counts as an option year. Okay. So it's not certain. It only counts as 30 days of actual, it'll only count as 30 days of actual um, like service time. Okay. Um but it's a full year. Is that what you're saying? Well, so, so they're, 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 uh, so we're, we are playing with option years. Um, so after a guy shuttles between the minors and the majors for long enough, you either have to keep them in the majors or um, they can refuse assignment to the minors. Oh, and that was where in the past we were allowed to just shove them there. Yeah. 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 But you're saying now, if you do that, uh, you would have to basically commit. So, so now you can do that for three years with impunity. So you can send a guy up and down every other month for, for three years in a row and they cannot refuse the assignment. They just have to take it. But in year number four that you do that, the guy's allowed to say, you know what? I don't want to go down the minors. I'd rather become a free agent right now. Okay. And then he just becomes a free agent. 
Yeah. Um, so, so you, I mean, you have the option at that point. Like you can oh, you just leave them in the major. Right. Got yeah. It. Okay. Um, and um, then, so the service time is, what are the, are these even just min salaries? And then they go up, do they go up year by year or is it a set amount? Why? I can't remember this. Uh, that's a great question. So, so for three years, um, they're minimum. So uh, for three years, it'll be 555K. Okay. In year number four, five, and six, they're eligible for arbitration. Um, arbitration, um, the, the computer gives you a, an amount, a suggested amount to offer. I haven't tried fucking around with that at all. Like if the computer says, you know, this guy should be getting 10 million arbitration, I just take it. <laughs> um, so that's all decided at the, after the World Series. Okay, right. So it's just, and I and I know it's a lot of it's based on their output or their performance, yeah. correct? Um, yeah. And then so and so we were talking about so when we were talking about the the clock ticking. So at at, at exactly six years is that when they when you have to extend them? Was that what it yep. was? Five. Uh, it's six. It's six. So it, it, for some people that are new, is that in theory, if you didn't well, the, using a different example is let's say you're just we're starting on day one, you draft a guy people will leave yeah. them down in the minors for one month, even if it's like a, someone who's ready to go You're, or, or if a new season starts, right. When they're ready to come up to the majors, you leave them in the minors for one month. Right. And then when they come up, that means they're at the flip of the season, they're not due for an extension. Correct. Like if the flip that's, of their sixth season. That's right. So, so th this, this will start becoming a little bit trickier though. So the way we used to play this was that um, if you had, uh, right. Like if, if you had, played um a couple of days short of six seasons um that uh oh it's an extra that, it was an extra arbitration year i think yeah that's right um so 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 th that part of it is still true okay so like if uh so if you draft a guy you leave him in the minors for a month um and then you bring him up to the majors that first year he won't actually accumulate a full year because he won't make it to 160 days right he'll be short by like 15 Correct. days of, of actually accumulating a year so that's still true uh, i would highly recommend doing that um to be honest <laughs> um the and and so when you get to year number six right the sixth year that you have the guy at the end of that year he's only going to have you know 5.95 years of actual experience so you'll end up keeping him for an extra year and again i would highly recommend doing that and i forget I forget. Are you are you not a fan of taking a superstar at the sixth year and putting him down in the majors, or is that still legal, or in the minors, or would the guy uh, refuse the assignment? So so the guy doesn't. So the the guy may not refuse these. So the um. So if you have a, so I'm not going to let you demote a guy for the last thirty days in order to be able to keep him another year. Like okay. <laughs> I just I don't yeah, think I we got a real life that's not going to fly right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, so as far as the game goes, the game does let you do that. Right. But you're not going to allow it. <laughs> yeah. Because that's a bunch of crap. <laughs> okay. Okay, cool. Um, and then, so I think that covered now how I actually, so how do extensions get handled? You touched on that. That's an important one. Yeah. So, so extensions um, in this version, the, um, the, a lot of guys are going to tell you that they're not going, they're not willing to talk at all, right? So it, it, it in the old version, um, it used to it used to be basically on on day one of the season, or really after you started playing a couple of games into the season, that most of the guys that you have to extend, they would say, you know, please let me hear your offer. I can't wait to tell you what your 
offer is and, and stuff like that. Um, so in this version, a lot of players are going to tell you, I am not willing to talk about a contract uh, renegotiation right now. So some players, some players will give you an amount that they want, but you're saying a lot of players will not even talk to you till after the season. Yeah, that's right. Um, like that, that was a really big shocker to me on the, the test season that played out day to day was that there, there were a couple of guys who would tell me during the season, um, you know, um, like, you know, I'd like two years and, and one million dollars or whatever, but like a huge majority of guys, um, would sign in October and you kind of, you can actually kind of see that in the player histories too. Like if you look at the contract, uh, like if you look at the contract history of, of the guys that are on the HTML, like a huge fraction of those contracts are signed in October. Now, did you, uh, one of the questions I know that someone had was about those extensions. And I know some of that will probably just be moot until we get to that point, but I'm sorry. Did you, so you said you can offer extensions during the season though, if a guy actually, Says, like, yeah, so, so so if a guy's willing to talk, you can you can um, you can offer them whenever. Okay, right? and then did you did you have any sort of idea on how often? I know um, obviously some of their player settings might factor into this, but do you know how often they go off of you know what they are asking for? You know, will they take less than they're asking? You know, will they, yeah, will they? You know, do you have to overpay them? You know, all of that kind of. Yeah. So so um, so this is something that plays out quite. Um, this this will play out differently for player resignings versus for for free agency. So for resignings, um, they'll tell you what they want. You can lowball them. Um, they usually take a while to decide whether they're going to accept your offer. Um, if you want them to accept immediately, um, you're probably going to have to go over their offer. Um, although not always. Um, so there is kind of that back and forth there. For free agency, this ends up being um, like the a player will happily tell you that, you know, I want 5 million on two years or whatever. Um, but if, if all you offer is what they're, what they want, they might also just wait on that offer for months. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I right. know that that's so, a different animal in itself. So, so with the, now with the extensions in season, do you have multiple chances? Because I remember in six, five, it got to a point where once they said no, you couldn't offer them like the boat and they still wouldn't take it. Yeah, so that still happens. Um, so if, if you make a guy mad enough, he'll just stop talking to you entirely. Okay, and, but you but so I, I remember there were certain responses that they gave. I don't, you know, again, I haven't played with this one, where you would kind of get an idea about if you could keep offering, and then eventually they get pissed off enough where they're done. Yeah, so so they give indications. I don't know what the special words are yet, though. Okay, so but the but the bigger curveball. So the biggest change you're saying now is that. Whereas most guys, you would know in season automatically, you're saying a lot of this. So the, you can, you, but I guess this is where me doing so much basketball gets confusing. So I guess when the season's over, you do have time to negotiate. It's not like the season ends and you know that that guy's going to be a free agent. Yeah, that's right. Um, and and right, look, this is a big change in the sense that the, the way a lot of people approach contract renegotiation was that you would offer guys contracts before the trading deadline. Right. And if you couldn't re-sign a major guy, you would trade him. You can't do that anymore. So you just have to hope you could potentially re-sign him. If not, they're gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, do you have any um, any feedback as far as how often this happens, or do most of them end up taking what they what so, they're asking for? You might have already. So, that. yeah. So, so I, I think this is something that's gonna. I think this. Is, 
<laughs> this is going to be something that ends up hurting in this first year, right? Like I, I think about 80% of the time or so, maybe even more than that, you end up resigning the guy, right? And right, you've got like three or four free agents. So most years you end up resigning them all. Um, you know, once every couple of years, you end, some guy ends up walking. Um, it's going to be weird on this first year, right? Because you're not going to be trying to resign like three or four guys. You're going to be trying to resign like eight of them. Um, so the odds that you lose one guy or lose two guys, it's it's pretty good. And and this isn't going to be like basketball in theory, where a guy's a free agent. Like you, like you theor- Like so, if if someone is looking at like a pretty solid star in year one, and they're looking at the guy only is on a one year deal. And they can't extend them during the season. I can they? Oh, I guess they can't trade them after the season, and then someone signs them. Correct, right? Are they a free agent? How does that work? So, or could they? So, yeah. So, so I mean, pretty much the guy's going to walk. So, right? when so, the season. Uh, so, I guess that's that's my confusion. So, you're saying after the World Series, you can you theoretically have a period where you can offer an extension before the season flips? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, and it's it's so so the the way to think about it, and this is a really big departure from from the way the old game worked, right? The season, um, that period, that period of offering contracts after the World Series is over, um, that's that's real calendar time. Like that's really actually part of the season that that just finished. It's not part of the next season. So even the amateur draft, that's actually part of the season that just finished. It's not part of the, the season following. Okay. So, th- so the idea is if, but if you could still, I guess you could trade a guy at the deadline and then the new team could theoretically just have to deal with the extension process or lose them. That's, that's so. But that's obviously really risky for the team that's acquiring them. So that's going to definitely change values at the trade. Deadline. Yeah. I mean, so, so honestly, we're going to have to decide exactly how we want to deal with the period after the World Series ends. Um, like, so one thing that I can imagine is, right, like there are a bunch of teams that draft a bunch of players that are on one-year contracts. They don't know about it until the draft is over. They think they're going to be competitive. I think you're going to have to have a major gut check before the, the trade deadline, um, like if on whether you want to trade guys or not, because it, it's not a slam dunk that you're going to resign them. Right. And it could just, right. So if you're just looking for to win in year one, you might decide to try to go all in, even if you know that the guy might walk, whereas the existing team might just want to extract any value that they can. Exactly. Gotcha. Okay. And then, um, so in trades, just in, uh, does that cover everything as far as the contracts? I think. I, th- I think so. I mean, I, I think it'll I have a feeling we're going to end up talking a lot about this, but there isn't much that I can say now that's okay. actually going to be useful. To and people. then, um, so with trades, people can can trade cash for picks, correct? Is there a maximum? Uh, there. So I or I whatever I guess right because I haven't really thought about it. Um, but you can, but obviously you can trade cash in a deal. I know that obviously you can veto anything that's really sketchy. Um, if people need cash, um, yeah. As far as and then because our cap's at 150, you know, people can just trade for whatever, right? They can just trade for whatever they think. They just, oh, can can they add to their payroll in season even if they're not projected to make the money? I forget about that. Yeah. yeah so you can. So, so the only, so um, you can always, 
you, up to the up to the salary cap, you can always add payroll unless you have negative cash. Okay, so if you've gone through a season where you've gone bankrupt and now you have negative cash and it's carrying over, in that circumstance, you can only make moves that decrease your payroll until you become solvent. That makes sense. So for some of our NBA friends out there, is that you know, whereas we're used to matching salaries, is that you can straight up add whatever you want and just hope you can cover it. But then once you go negative, it has to match or be less. That's right. Right. Okay. Um, and the draft we talked about with that, that'll be later on. There's one thing I was just, I completely forgot about. I think it was when we were talking about free agents and the settings. And I know I don't want to keep it too much longer, but just, I guess a basic, a basic question would be is, you know, do you just simming a lot of stuff and doing a lot of projections and tweaking things, you know, is there anything that you can add about, you know, everyone kind of moving forward and looking to build their teams, you know, that you think would, you know, things that you might've noticed that are just odd or anything like that. So, so the, so I, I really have two pieces of advice. So, so one is that I think more so than in past versions of this game, that it's worth thinking about, it's worth thinking about your whole team, like holistically, like if, so like, if you've got a bunch of strikeout pitchers, you can probably get away with having, you know, infield defense that isn't as good, right? Like it doesn't matter as much. Um, the flip side of that, I think um, one thing that's going to be more important than um, more important than it might obviously seem is like, I, I don't think depth charts really mattered all that much in the last version of the game. Um, but just because guys end up getting annoying injuries where they're out for a week here, a week there, I think it'll actually be important to think about um, it'll be important to at least set up depth correctly. And we're going to be simming two week increments. Is that we, what we decided on? Yeah, that's right. Okay. So hopefully any sort of injury, even if it's on the first day of the sim, won't be too, you know, too affecting. And then how often do you think that we're looking at uh, some sims? Uh, so I'm going to sim three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Okay. And then for those who aren't familiar is you basically just sim it yourself and then you dump the HTML. Yeah. Correct. And then um, I know it was something that we had in four uh, and six, five would had the output of the game logs. Um, and then anybody who had the newer versions, I'm not positive if this one has it as well, but does it actually have the replay function or is that like too much data for it to do? Like, is that something that you have set up? Is that automatic? Uh, so I know it doesn't, I haven't actually tried it out. I'm, I'd be, I'm totally game for putting that up. Okay. And so what, should... it would, what, if, if nobody knows what that is, I know like some of the old, old school versions had it where you could literally replay a game like at bat by at bat or whatnot, and then just follow along with the game. And instead of just, cause I know in the past it would actually just be a running, a running dialogue of just like literally a journal and people would literally, we would sit there and like scroll through the game logs while hiding the bottom and just going line by line and trying not to see how your team did. Um, but as this one, you could basically, I guess you would just go in game and, you would load it up without looking at stuff and you can kind of just replay your games if you wanted to not know the results uh, yeah, for suspense. I, I, Since we don't really do, obviously we don't do live sims. Although, while I have you, you know, I would say it might be kind of cool if, you know, with technology being the way it is, even if it was just the World Series, 
if we could try to do something live, that would be, I think, be cool. So, so I, I would totally entertain it for like the playoffs. Yeah, I think that'd be neat. And then, of course, if it's even possible, if the people are around, you know, then if they could potentially even make changes on the fly, let you know what's going on so they don't get screwed like their starting pitcher goes down in game one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I know that way back in the day, I think Branch had done that, and then I just know you were too busy to be able to, but that would be neat. Yeah, for the playoffs, I think I'd certainly entertain that. Yeah. Um. So anything else that you can think of that you've just seen as far as just, you know, being buggy, you know, that people need to be aware of when they're, you know, setting things up or weird things that are different in this version than the other. I know that we, some people asked some questions of obviously about the finances and the steals and you touched on that, but you know, anything just in simming out stuff that you're just like, Hmm, this is odd. So the, the, not to beat a dead horse, but like the, the stuff with the finances, I think that's something, um, I think that's something that we shouldn't get too wound around the pole about. Like, you know, look, we're, we're all in the same boat. Um, it's going to take a couple of seasons before we really like stuff shakes out and we actually understand what's going on. Like just, <laughs> just take it easy. Yeah. I think <laughs> we'll that's, figure it I, out. I think that's you the know? point of it. In, in my intro, I kind of had mentioned that, you know, the nice thing about this is that you have 16 people going in it blind. You know, obviously you have yeah. a little bit more about to know, you know, you're in the know and you know, some people who are out there right now, like using the, the dummy file and playing with the game are going to have, obviously have a little bit more, you know, by using it, but it's, it's different than having like, you know, 12 GMs is what I said. And then, you know, four new people jump in and they're kind of, you know, like everyone knows what they're doing yeah, and then yeah. we just kind of eat them up. It's like, everyone's going in a blind. So I just think it's, you know, I think it's going to be really fun right off the bat. Cause people are going to have no idea what to do. <laughs> yeah. And, and honestly, like it's, it's so kind of going along with that. Like I, I strongly encourage people to just try stuff. Yeah. Especially with the advanced settings. Cause like we had, touched on is that i forgot about the sliders so when it comes to this compared to six five you know six five you kind of just put your lineup out and go but like you said when you actually go in game you can see that there's so many different sliders and settings based upon the different types of games you know it's probably you know certain uh, if i remember correctly it's like if there's games that are a blowout you can be less aggressive things like that yeah 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 so that's that should be fun um well i can't think of much more um, <laughs> we're obviously a little <laughs> bit over the over the hour mark that we had hoped for, but I know that you know there's so much new stuff that people are looking at if they've never played anything past six five. So, you know, I think it was really really helpful to get you on today because I know that there's a few stuff that I, you know, that even some of the stuff like the ballpark factors I think are important for people to know and and the finances. So, um, so I think this hopefully will be really helpful to people. And then, like I said, we can kind of sticky this. So if somehow we end up having a sad change in ownership moving forward is that someone could probably maybe refer back to this as far as an intro for what some of this stuff means just as kind of a placeholder. Yeah. So, so, so what, so I'm, I'm very happy to support um, your podcast in, in any way possible. So I'm obviously going to make those, I'm, I'm going to archive them, make them available and so on. Um, anything else I can do, just let me know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think one, it probably will be helpful when we, you know, when we hit free agency, you know, to kind of just touch, touch base on, you know, how off season for agency will work. And then the, the extension process, that kind of thing, you know, if there's, if it ends up being too confusing, cause obviously sifting through, you know, the chat and the forums and multiple places, 
you know, I think could be kind yeah. of cumbersome and obviously so much of it we touched on here, but there's still so much more. So as far as I think probably people have enough to go off of, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, with technology yeah. being the way it is, this couldn't have been easier. So <laughs> this was I'm glad this, this is was, awesome. This is fantastic. I mean, it took, like I said, in the beginning, it took 16 years, but you know, I finally got you on the phone here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but to, to wrap it up, I would say thank you so much for, uh, for everything that you've done in the past. I know that those of us who, uh, who are long timers, you know, that was, uh, we did it. I mean, we started in 04 and I, I yeah, forget, I, right. I forget when did, um, at least that was when I started. And I know that Rich, Rich and Jamie got me into it. I don't know how long you guys were doing it before then when Randall was doing it, but I forget when, when did we end the last one? Was it like 14, 15? I think it's 2014. Yeah. Yeah. So we were so, going strong for 10 years, but it's, you know, been six years off. And I mean, doing something for 10 years, it was like, that was a really fun, enjoyable hobby for a lot of us. So, I mean, it's like, might only be four, 14 people here, but, uh, but honestly, thank you so much for, for, for doing what you do. I mean, you are, you're a machine. So we appreciate well, it's it. just a look right? like the, the league is about, is, is really about you guys, right? Like um, you guys are what makes this actually run. Um, so I, I'm deeply appreciative. Oh, well, thanks for, Thanks for doing everything. Thanks for reviving it. And then uh, hopefully talk to you soon and go back to curing COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Good luck to everybody. All right. Thanks, Shanker. Yeah. Take it easy. All right. Take care. Be safe.